3: apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast
2: this is Beth center on v the sports betting network
4: it's the v and bet center right here on Vsin, the sports betting network greg oops here and taking you through the next four hours we've got a quality next four hours gonna be a lot of college basketball we'll be bouncing around a little bit because Obviously, the is in full force, the NHL's in full force as well, but we've got conference tournaments galore going down. It is the last week of the regular season for a lot of these teams out there in the power conferences, and, well, we wound up seeing a coach who is very legendary play his last game at home, and we wound up seeing them go down. So we'll be hitting that in the first segment, get you guys refreshed what we're seeing all there, turn it forward a little bit as well, because in the college basketball realm, we've got a lot of games that are going to be picked, Tipping off at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific. Give you guys some previews there. Give you guys some in-game betting opportunities as well. So we've got a little bit of everything going on in the next four hours. We're also going to be stopping over by the Rampart at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, 11.30 p.m. Eastern. Dwayne Colucci, he's over there. He is the man. He is going to be joining me. We're going to be talking with him. About what he's all been seeing from an action standpoint, last few weeks of college basketball. He's also an ace out there when it comes to being able to take a look at hockey as well. So we'll be talking with him there. But how about if we wind up setting the scene here? We've got a lot of games that are going down on this college basketball Saturday. The big one for the first auto bid to the NCAA tournament that is out there in Evansville, Indiana. You've got Morehead State and Murray State. Honestly enough, uh, of all the games that are in action right now, this is the only one that is involving a rain team. And as it sits right now, 24-24, about six minutes left in the first half. Murray State winds the closing in this one, right around an 8 to an 8.5 point favorite total on this game, 128.5. So you're on a little bit of an overclip right now, but certainly it is early. I will always reiterate to this because we wound up seeing it a little bit earlier in the day. If you wound up having an under or an over, depending on which way, because the closing line was 131, it winds up being a push on this one. So. Whichever way you wanna being able to get that 131, you wind up getting a push. Obviously, there's line shopping there. But with that said, certainly a case in which you don't want to be counting your chickens a little bit too quickly. Because neither team wound up getting 20 points in the first half. If you had the under, you were feeling really good. If you had the over, you were probably watching a rerun of Desperate Housewives as you wound up getting a push on your total. So that was... Certainly one that I always think is very interesting, but going to be very fascinating to see what we wind up getting here because you got a Murray State team that ranked in the top 25. They're going to be making the NCAA tournament regardless. More at St. Meanwhile, they made the NCAA tournament last year. They're a team that they are not going to be able to get a at-large bid, but certainly a team that has looked very pesky. You got a guy by the name of GNI Broom. You may recall him from last year. He's averaging a double-double of four blocks per contest. So would love to be able to see him be able to get into the NCAA tournament as Murray State banks through a three. You've got about five minutes left in the first half there. We are going to be getting going relatively soon. Here with St. John's versus Marquette. You probably have a couple more seconds, or you have to bet this one live. Marquette find themselves four-point favorites total. It has went up. It started out at 160, and now it is anywhere between 162.5 and 163. Among the games are on the normal Las Vegas betting board. This is one of the highest of them as... You wind up seeing the South Dakota State versus Omaha game open up half. That one wound up closing a little bit lower, and it does wind up going over, by the way. But you do have a Marquette team that I think is really intriguing because they just haven't necessarily done a great job on the glass or a bottom 75 team. with it's a rebound rate, I wound up taking a four and a half when we wound up having it overnight with St. John's. They wind up opening up four and a half point underdogs. They're going to be closing right around four. I personally wound up siding with an under as well. You do have a St. John's team that they turn down for absolutely nobody with their tempo. They rank at the top 30 in all of college basketball. Marquette, they've been bumping it up as well. But it's a Marquette team that they're a little bit hit or miss with regards to their three-point shooting percentage. It's a St. John's team that they themselves leave a little bit of something to be desired from three-point range. St. John's right around 35% from three. A little bit better than that with Marquette. Got a Marquette team then has been able to get some good production out of Justin Lewis and Daryl Marcel one of the better on-ball defenders that you're going to find in all of college basketball. But certainly I do think that you're going to have a little bit of a turnover fest. You've got a St. John's team that they're able to generate right around nine seals per contest. Bosch Alexander, Julian, Jim Penny, They do a relatively solid job there. So it's a spot in which I want to personally siding with St. John's on this one with the points. Didn't want them necessarily on the money line. I think something that you've got to be taking a look at when it comes to this, Is free throw shooting St. John's, a sub 70% free throw shooting team. And Marquette, they've been able to do a little bit better, right around 73, 74%. So they've been relatively respectable there. If you wound up having a ticket, by the way, on the Duke versus North Carolina game, this one wound up going final, I would say about 20, 30 minutes ago. It wasn't in doubt for the final few minutes because North Carolina, after they wound up getting down at the half, they wind up being able to bonsai charge your way to a victory, 94 to 81, a North Carolina team that you figured they were probably going to be in the NCAA tournament if they wanted being able to just take care of business, win a game or two out there in the ACC tournament. Now they probably don't need to do that. This is a win that it certainly bolsters their resume. They had been lacking key wins all season long. Well, it doesn't get much bigger than being able to spoil the party on Coach K's. Final game out there at Cameron. I've got TVs all within my wonderful booth here at the over here at Circus Sports over here at VSEN. And right now they're airing Coach Cape. He's apparently saying some words. I have no idea what they're saying. I'm sure that they're heartfelt. I really don't care though. I wind up having North Carolina, so I'm very happy with this one. North Carolina, 80 or 94 to 81. They wind up being able to get it done. And what you've got to be taking note of with this North Carolina team is that. There's still a team that they're able to bomb it from three. They went nine to twenty-three from three-point range in this one. You wound up having four different starters score twenty points. You also wound up having two guys coming off the bench for North Carolina at, or two points off the bench for North Carolina. You had four guys in total, and none of them wound up amassing more than five minutes. So it's a North Carolina team that they've shortened up their rotation. And when it comes to Duke, just been a team that's been a little bit inconsistent this year. They're a team that they've been very solid on offense. They don't turn the ball over. And that was the case once again today. They only wound up having nine turnovers, but defense has been sketchy at times. And Armando Bacon, he wound up having not necessarily his A game in this one. He wound up going 23.7 boards. Now he was efficient, but also did not wind up having those like 12, 13 rebounds. Like we've been seeing night in and night out, but still they were able to get the job done. And I think the big thing for Duke moving forward, Wendell Moore is a guy that, was through the first two months of the college basketball season looking like a all-american candidate He wound up having eight points in this one he did wind up dishing out seven assists but his decrease in scoring has led to duke not necessarily being as good of a team so i do think that that is a big takeaway i've got in my opinion and also throughout the show we're going to give you guys some analysis on some of the games that we wound up seeing from today because some of the games that we wound up seeing from today going to be setting the stage for the games that we're getting for tomorrow because now we're in conference tournament mode when it comes to things like the sun belt the missouri valley conference you wind up having a sort of when you play tomorrow and you lose your season is done and or you might wind up going to the three-letter tournament so You've got a lot of that is going on right now. We've also got another rambunctious game that's going out there in the mountain West. I mean, if you have not been watching the mountain West this year, you are missing out on some really good basketball right now. It's 29, 29, five minutes left in the first half. Boise State versus Colorado State. Colorado State has David Rowdy Roddy going to the free throw line. Guy that has been absolutely insane for the team. 19.7 boards. Shoots over 40% from 3 point range. Colorado State, a team that you can really get excited about. One of the most efficient offenses in all of college basketball it's a spot in which you wind up seeing this line close with Colorado state being between a three and a half and a four point favorite. They wind up opening up a three point favorite. If you're looking at this in life, you're going to be getting them probably in the neighborhood of right around a three ish point favorite, depending on where you shop. So it to be really intriguing to see what we wind up getting out of this one because Boise state wound up actually playing against Colorado state a few weeks ago. That was on Super Bowl Sunday. That was a game that wound up going to double overtime and boy, Oh boy. Colorado state was able to pull that one out. We're finding it 31, 29, five minutes left in the first half. At last look, Colorado state was laying a point and a half on the live line. I'm sure that this has moved probably back to right around three. That was before they made free throws. So we're going to be taking a look at that. I think that you've got some relatively good equity here, perhaps with an under as well, because this is a Colorado state and Boise state matchup that involves two teams that rank outside the top 250 with regards possessions per game. Now Colorado state is incredibly efficient with their offense. Boise State, a top 30 team with regards points allowed on a per possession basis, and Colorado State, they're not like some sort of a juggernaut defense or anything like that, but they do a good enough job. It's a Boise State team that also you've got to keep this in mind. If you wind up getting into a late game scenario with Boise State, you shoot 65% at the free line. That is something that could be a little bit costly. You're seeing a live total here of 148 closing total. It was anywhere in the pocket of 133 to 133 and a half. So this is 15 points north of what we wound up seeing, the closing number being, I think that you've got a little bit of value if you're looking to dive in on an under here. It's personally a spot in which I wound up taking this thing pre-flop over. I do think that this was a total that I've set a little bit too low. I personally handicapped my total for this game of a 134 and a half. So at the 133, 133 and a half, it was a spot in which I did like the over, but at the same time, when you wind up getting. 15 points of value with regards to what we're seeing. And we're not even through the first half yet. We're 325 left here in the first half. Both of these teams have really been going bombs away from three point range. I do think that you got yourself a little bit of a solid value spot here on it. And when it comes to live betting as well, something that I'll always encourage you guys is try to hone in on either one or a few games because it's not one of these scenarios where you want to just wind up pulling up a box score and being like, oh, this is a little bit out of sorts. Let's wind up betting on this over or betting on this under however you want to play it and you haven't seen how the game flow has been going and that's really the advantage that you have over the bookmakers when it comes to in-game betting a lot of these bookmakers a lot of these sites what have you they wind up using an algorithm when you're able to actually take a look at the game being like okay This game is 22 to 20 with 12 minutes left in the first half. So if you've had yourself a very high scoring first half, you're able to see, okay, are these teams just playing absolutely no defense whatsoever? They have no idea what they're doing, or is it just luck box three after luck box three guy had a hand in his face. Somehow, some way you wind up being able to pull it off. You wind up having some sort of a calamity technical foul. Someone winds up just breaking every bone in his body for some reason in the first half so you're going to see a little bit of an issue there that's the advantage that you wind up getting when it comes to being a live bet so i always do encourage that and we're going to be trying to find more of those opportunities moving forward right here on vson bet center it is a great day of college basketball 105 games in total on the board we're going to be taking a look at a few of these that are going down next right here on vson the sports bank network
3: More.
2: This is Bet Center on VSEN, the sports betting network.
4: Ice cold beers, cold, hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. You're able to compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season. For your shot to compete for a share of $100,000 in total prizes, head over to draftkingscom slash Heineken now for your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better, 21 and over. Terms and conditions to apply and other restrictions Do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, drink responsibly as it is a Beeson Bet Center with myself, Greg Edfierce, and was having a nice conversation off air with our good producer, Dan Miller. He's holding it down tonight. It is Miller time. So. (laughs) <laughs> Fittingly enough, we were talking a little bit about beer, so he's doing a great job back there. You've got our technical director, Nick, who's holding it down. Mikhail, wanting to be set up on the audio. And then, after every single hour right here on Vison, the hours always get posted on our podcast feed, the VSIN Bets Fets podcast. And that is with Oliver, he does a great job behind the scenes. So, everyone over here at visa, they all do an absolutely amazing job. Shout out to them. Without them, you would not be seeing me and hearing me. So, I've got the Part where I've got to try to give you guys everything that's going on right now. And what we've got is the end of the first half in the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. 34-34. Morad State and Murray State just went to the half. We should have a halftime line within that I would say the next two or so minutes. So I'll fill you guys in on that in a second. We will first preview a game that we've got coming up in a few minutes. And I know I've been getting a couple questions as to whether or not Johnny Juzang is going to be going or not. It seems as though he is going to be able to. And we've seen that reflected in the line. UCLA winds up opening up right around an eight-point favorite. Now you're finding them in a lot of spots between the eight and a half, and we're seeing a couple nines pop as well here. I know that where I'm at, Circa, you've got a nine currently on DraftKings, finding it at eight and a half in your turn game, and we're doing 134 and a half and 135 and a half. And one thing that I think is something that you are able to exploit with regards to the lines is when you do wind up having a questionable player wind up being in slash out of the fold. And I think that people don't reflect that even if a guy like a Johnny Juzang winds up going in the game, if he's not 100%, should that necessarily create too much of a move online? Because typically when you do have a guy like a Johnny Juzang who's questionable like this, you'll sort of split the difference on the line. If he's worth, we're going to, throw out there the hypothetical three points for instance you're going to see it maybe be like one point shaded down one and a half points shaded down something like that and I do think that when you wind up evaluating these guys more important than if the guy is going to be going or not is he going to be a hundred percent and from everything I'm hearing Johnny Juzang is not going to be a hundred percent but it's probably going to wind up giving it a go in this game we've seen it time and time again with Kentucky they've wound up throwing out their Ty Ty Washington when he's been a little bit less than a hundred percent and as a result Kentucky has been unable to cover a lot of those games. So I think that that's something intriguing. You've got a USC team that they were able to get the job done, ironically enough, when they wound up having a last-second injury to Isaiah Mobley. Mobley was out of the fold last time these two teams wound up playing. The USC Trojans, they were still able to get the job done regardless. It's a USC team that they've been shooting a little bit better from the free-throw line here in conference play rather than out of conference. Out of conference, this team was just absolutely terrible. There was a situation where I was really all aboard just fade USC, and if you've been fading USC at home, it has been going very, very well for you as... For some reason or another, they just are incapable of being able to cover at home. On the road, they've actually been a relatively trustworthy team, but you do take a look at this USC bunch, and I do think that they're going to be able to hold within the number. With Johnny Juzang playing, but at a little bit less than 100%, I did want to say my line on this game of six, because with USC, I think that they have enough three-point shooting to be able to hold in there. You've got Boogie Ellis, coupled with a gentleman with a great name. That would be Mr. Drew Peterson. They're able to combine for about 24.5 points per contest. You've got Peterson shooting right around 41% from three. Boogie Ellis is able to shoot 36% from 3 point range. And these are guys that shoot it well at the free-thline. Though, though UCLA or USC has not been able to do the world's greatest job at the free line. four of your top five guys with regards to scoring shoot at least 70% at the free-thline here in conference. They shoot more around 69.5% at the free line. Not great, but at the same time, still quite a bit more passable than the something like 61, 62% that they were shooting out of conference. Now, with UCLA, it's a team that they do a great job of being able to control the ball. Under 10 turnovers per contest. They are in the top 10 in all of college basketball in terms of fewest turnovers on a per-possession basis, so they do a relatively solid job there. And what has been really a coming of age for this team is what you've been able to get out of the point guard, Tiger Campbell. Last year, he was atrocious at being able to make shots. He shot right around 25% from three. This year, he's been able to shoot 42% per distance, has been rock solid there. You've got a UCLA team that has been able to do an okay job on the glass, but I do think that most Probably... Gonna be able to have his way down though. Guy that's we'll give you 13 and a half points, eight and a half boards. He's been able to give you three and a half assists per contest. If you're looking to dive in on this game, I do like USC being able to catch the points in this spot. Like I said, wound up setting my line at six. I did wind up setting this total at a 138. You've got a pair of teams that they're not going to be playing at a blistering pace at the same time. you UCLA last year was outside the top 250 with regards possessions per game. They're more of a mid-tempo team this year. Got a pair of teams that they do rank in the top 45 with regards points allowed on a per possession basis but usc has been able to do a little bit better job on offense they're able to bang through some threes if this does wind up being pretty close to the bookmaker's number of say an eight point game with about a minute left to go you know what that means a whole lot of hacks a whole lot of free throws being shot as well. So I do think that that is always something to factor into your handicap. So I'm looking at an over in the spot and I'm going to be taking a look at the points with USC. So we're going to be going there with the battle for Los Angeles. I mentioned it before. We are at the half between Morad State and Murray State and we are just getting second half lines hitting right now. 34-34 all at the half. Right now I'm seeing a second half line coming up with Murray State being a four and a half point favorite and a total of 68 and a half. So what this means is that right now you've got 68 points on the board and these are lines for that are for the second half and the second half only. So this is an instance of which is really easy. You wind up having 68 points on the board here on the first half. You wind up just adding on the 68 and a half. So pretty much for the game, you're looking at a 136 and a half total if you wind up taking this second half. So if they wind up scoring 69 points in the second half, or if the game winds up landing, 69, 68, for instance, for a total of 137, you wind up being able to hit it if you wind up betting it over, if you wind up betting it over, and, well, you wind up having 40 points in the second half, you're not going to be able to get there. With regards to the spread, you need Murray State to be able to win by at least five. That's the easiest way I could put it because right now we're all tied up. You're betting on this game for the second half, Murray State playing four and a half. I personally wind up setting my line pregame here, more around a five and a half. This is a spot in which I'd be really starting to take a little bit of a look at more at state. If anything, I'm personally not someone that winds is diving in game. I'm more of someone that I like to kick back. i like to be able to take inventory. I like to be able to try to get a little bit of information for future bets because we know that Murray state is going to be making the NCAA tournament. If more at state does not wind up winning this game, you got to figure that they're going to make some sort of tournament. I don't know if the NIT would be in the cards for them, but I think that there's like some rebranded CBI that they certainly would be able to take part in. So that is something that you're able to take advantage of as well and by the way we're all going to be talking about ncaa tournament bets and everything like that there's some real money to be made on some of these smaller tournaments because nobody cares whatsoever and it is absolutely tremendous plus you've got a whole bunch of teams that are playing absolutely no defense whatsoever they always throw it in the tanker it is absolutely tremendous to watch these teams that are averaging like 60 points per contest go off in like a 90 to 80 slobber knocker in which Casper the friendly ghost will be very proud of the defensive effort in that game. So you've got that going on. So Moritz, at St. Murray eight. that game has just reached the half. So you've got a little bit of something there. You've also got the half reach here, and boy, oh boy, anyone that wanted listening to me on Sanford on the money line, you're feeling pretty good right now. 44 to 22 UNC Greensboro is getting completely waxed. This is a UNC Greensboro team that I have no idea why they've been priced the way that they've had been all season long the Greensboro team that they should as a collective, like 33% from three, you've got one guy that gives you more than 10 points per game. You got one guy that gives you more than five and a half boards and lo and behold, it's catching up to them. Sanford just completely bludgeoning UNC Greensboro. If you're looking at a second half line, this is UNC Greensboro laying between three and three and a half points at a total of between 70 and 70 and a half. And let me tell you right now, I don't have a lot of faith in UNC Greensboro being able to put the ball in the basket. It's been all about Devontae Buckingham and absolutely nobody else. And for Sanford, this is a team that's coached by a guy by the name of Bucky McMillan. He is like a complete legend when it comes to high school coaching in the state of Alabama. He's come over to college. He's been able to bring in some good recruits. Quez Glover is a guy that began his career at Florida. He's a 19-point-per-game scorer. He has been absolutely magnificent for this team. This is a Sanford team that could be relatively dangerous if they wind up being able to win this game. They'd be facing off against Furman, who was able to survive it against, against... Mercer earlier today. They wound up getting the job done in that one by kind of 80 to 66. But you got a same for team that I like what I'm seeing out of them. Jermaine Marshall is someone that has been able to put up right around eight boards, right around 13 points per contest. And in this one, the guy that's really been able to stir the drink for the team has been Glover, who I mentioned a little bit earlier. 12 points, five assists. You got a sanford for team that's currently 7 to 14 from three point range. And UNC Greensboro, boy, oh boy, they've got nine made buckets and they've committed nine turnovers. So. And it it's not necessarily going too well for them out there. So you've got a very demonstrative second half line out there. And we've got quite a few other games. They're going to be tipping off relatively soon when it comes to college basketball. You've got a big one between San Diego state versus Nevada. I'm going to be hitting upon that one on the other side. You've got a few other games that are going to be coming down to the wire as well. I do think that's a really intriguing what you've caught with regards to this wash the boy through to the Southern Utah versus Weaver state game. So we'll give you guys a little bit of an update on that on the other side as We've got a big giant slate of college basketball, one or five games. We're going to be looking at some pre, pre-games and some in game next. Right here on the v Bet Center on the Sports Betting Network.
2: This is Bet Center on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Before you make your next college basketball bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check out the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. It is available for money line, Over, Under, and Against the Spread Bets. Betting splits are another way that VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VEASAN.com as it is the VEASAN Bet Center. With myself craig oops pearson it is absolutely tremendous we've got 105 games they're going to be going down in college basketball today we've got one in game that i want to take a look at right now that'd be southern utah versus weaver state we've got about eight or so minutes left in the second half of this one game is playing right now at an under cliff we got southern utah currently lead by kind of 53 to 49 and it's been a really interesting one in this one in my opinion you've got a weaver state team that went thus far five and 16 from 3 point range jameson over ten has been able to give you 19 points southern utah meanwhile it's been a team that has been able to play a little bit of better basketball recently it's a team that they have been relatively tough against the spread but if you're taking a look at this live you're going to be able to get a little bit of plus money here with weaver state i think that that is something that might be of a little bit of intrigue weaver state has been a little bit more of a second half team all season long and you take a look at what you've been able to get just in this game in general Certainly has been a little bit, I guess you could call it touch and go with the Southern Utah bunch. I do think that they are a squad that is going to be able to make a little bit of noise out there in the big sky, but they don't necessarily do one thing great. They shoot right around 72% the free fly. They shoot right around 33% from three. They're an okay defense. They're not necessarily a great defense. And we were saying with having Dylan Jones being able to average a double-double. I think that that that's very big. You take a look at what Jones has been able to do thus far. He's been in a little bit of foul trouble. Three points, four boards. But now he's got three fouls with about eight minutes remaining. So he should be out there for the floor. For the rest of the game out there on the floor i do think that it's a weaver state team that should be able to heat up a little bit more there so i do think that you've got a little bit of an opportunity here with weaver state if you didn't want to lay the number to start with because i personally wanted to say my number on this game at a five and a half you wound up seeing an opener more in the pocket of right around four-ish depending on where you were shopping you might find it a little bit more variant maybe more like a four and a half but wound up getting steamed up overnight i always try to take a look at these numbers right around like 4 5 a.m. Pacific time, 7 to 8 Eastern, you're able to find a whole lot of value when it comes to a lot of these numbers. And you're always able to tell from there what way the money is moving because you'll get some of what I always like to call dummy line moves, and that you wind up having the line move a little bit and then. The person that moves the line, well, they actually really want what they're actually going to be seeing a little bit later. They want the line to move down a little bit, and then they wind up coming back over the top, sort of like if you're using a poker reference, you wind up having sort of like a bet, you wind up having a race, and then you wind up having a re race. That happens actually a lot when it comes to these college basketball lines, which I always think is very intriguing to take a look at. But right now, Southern Utah is up by kind of 53 to 49 right around eight minutes and change remaining in that one. So I'll be keeping my eyes there. I'm also going to be keeping my eyes on a few games that are going to be going down out here on the West Coast. We've got a very good one. That's going to be starting in about an hour or so. You have got San Diego State and Nevada. If you're looking on the Las Vegas betting board, this is 745, 746. San Diego State opened up a four-point favorite. They remain a four-point favorite in your total. Moved a little bit, anywhere between 133 and 133 and a half is what you're gonna find it in. This is just a Nevada team that you've got to be taking a look at a little bit different because we have seen a massive tempo shift from them. Ever since you wound up having Grant Shearfield go down with an injury, and he's back. He's gonna be playing in this game, have no fear there, but ever since he wound up getting injured. It's a team that they wound up throttling down their offense a little bit. You've got a Nevada team that, with regards to possessions per game, they were at one point in the top 30 now of college basketball as little as about a month ago. Now they're right around 87th. With regards to possessions per game, over their last three contests, they've been playing right around three and a half possessions per game, fewer than they have the entirety of the season. So if you really want to go back a little bit further, it's more like four-ish. So it is intriguing to take a look there. San Diego State, they're always just a slow, a very controlled team. And what they are is... Number one in all of college basketball, the guards points a lot on a per possession basis. And despite that, you wind up seeing Nevada without Grant Sherfield wind up playing a very close game the last time around. I do think that San Diego State is going to be noting that. I think that they're going to be out for blood a little bit more in this spot now. It's been all about Maya Bradley when it comes to the San Diego State team. Guy that has been able to give you 15 points per contest ever since, I would say, November 30th. So the game after Thanksgiving, he has been shooting 47% from three-point range. He has been just an absolute fireball for the team. Meanwhile, for Nevada, I mentioned Shurfield. You've also got Desmond Cambridge. These two guys combined for about 34 points per contest. Both of these guys shoot it okay from three-point range. Cambridge shoots right around 37 to 38% from three-point range. Shurfield, more around 33% from distance. Both of these guys relatively sure-handed at the free-throw line. Also, what's big for Nevada? They're 7-footer Warren Washington. Back and fold 12 points. Right around six parts per game. So he's able to do a relatively solid job of be able to help you out. Will Baker is a seven footer with size and say able to shoot it from three point range. So got a couple pieces for this Nevada team, but they've been one of the more underachieving teams in all of college basketball. I think that that's very fair to say. I do think that this is going to be a quality spot in which San Diego State it's going to be able to just completely control the game. Nevada, they're looking to throttle down. Last time around, neither team was able to really get past 65 points. I anticipate that being the case once again. I set my total at a 127 ass, so I'm willing to dive under. In the spot and when it comes to the San Diego State team I did wind up saying them as a five and a half point favorite so I'm going to be willing to lay it on the road I think that this is going to be an interesting one to take a look at if you're wanting a little bit of intrigue as well we got a lot of conference tournament action we're going to have the Morad at safe versus murray safe second half wind up getting going here in the next few minutes that is a game that is 34 to 34 at the half so we're going to be continuing to monitor that one we've got the last game out there in the sun belt that's going down right now Appalachian state open up a five and a half point favorite they're currently up on georgia southern by kind of 31 to 21 this game has right around two minutes left in the first half and It's not very surprising what we're seeing with regards to the tempo. You've got an Appalachian State team that they rank in the bottom 30 in all of college basketball with regards to possessions per game. What I do think is going to be intriguing is can either of these teams bang through like any sort of threes whatsoever? It looks like we're going to be getting a little bit of a barrage here. We wound up just seeing uh, quite a bit of scoring in the last about 90 seconds or so. You've now got it at 35-25 with about 30 seconds left in the first half. But with this Appalachian State team, they've been relatively poor from three-point range all season long. They're currently 5-14 of in this game. Georgia Southern, meanwhile, they are 1-6 of from distance. And what is really killing Georgia Southern, the turnovers. Appalachian State is winning this game because they're a team that overall for the year, they've committed only about 10 turnovers per contest. So they do a relatively solid job there, Georgia Southern. Their team that they commit right around 15 per contest. They do a little bit of a better job of be able to take the ball away, but they're going to need to try to win this game from within. Georgia Southern is a team that I've been very lukewarm on them. It's an Appalachian State team that they themselves have been quite a bit of a disappointment, and a big reason why they've been a disappointment is because Justin Forrest has not been what he's been in past years. This is a guy that two seasons ago averaged 17.5 points per contest. He was one of the better scorers out there in the Sun Belt. This year, he's been averaging 9.1 points per contest. Low and bowl, what he's doing tonight. 14 points in the first half. He has been able to find it. That's going to be big for Appalachian State moving forward. And those are the sorts of things that you do want to be taking a look at when it comes to conference play. And you want to be taking a look at in college basketball in general. I mentioned it with Nevada. Seeing a little bit of a tempo shift there. That really gives you a lot of value on their unders because a lot of times these... A lot of times these lines, they're set on full season data. If you're able to find something, that winds up standing out like an injury to a star player, a team that just in general decide, you know what, we're going to try to take a little bit of a different approach. Things are not necessarily going our way. You are able to make a lot of money on a lot of these teams with it, whether it be via spread, whether it be with the case of Nevada by the total. So I think that that's intriguing if you're looking at a live total, by the way, in this Georgia Southern versus Appalachian State game. Finding it at a 130 and Georgia Southern find themselves a 12 and a half point underdog. I think that you've got a little bit of value if we want to fire in on Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern State team, that I think is going to be able to force a couple more seals. I do not foresee Justin Forrest continuing this just complete rampage that he's been on. He's averaging, like I said, nine points per game for the season. He's got 14 here in the first half and nobody else has really been able to perform i guess you call it to their billing you've got a guy in adrian delf who's been able to only give you four points in this one a guy that overall for the year has been able to give you 17 points per contest so i think that that's going to be intriguing to take a look at once you wind up hitting the second half of that one just wound up getting started in the second half of the murray state versus Morehead state game Morehead state currently find themselves down by kind count of 41 to 38 16 44 remaining in the second half Right now, you're finding Murray State as a live favorite right around seven points. It's going to fluctuate a little bit after these free throws. But certainly, it's going to be intriguing to see what you wind up getting out of both of these teams. Moving forward for the entirety of the game It's a case in which Murray State, they're going to need to win this game in order to be able to make the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, you've got yourself a case with Murray State that even if they wind up dropping this game, they are going to be able to go dancing to the NCAA tournament. You wind up having the second half of this game just start up as well. Colorado State versus Boise State. Boise State has come out. They've dropped the first six in the second half, 47 to 36, with Boise State going to the free throw line. It's a case in which the it's a case in which the Broncos wound up closing as anywhere between a three and a half and a four point underdog. Now, if you're taking a look at this game live, you're finding the in game total right around about a 148 ish. It was a total that closed are around 134. Right now, you're finding Colorado State as a live favorite right around 9.5 points. So I do think that you might have yourself a little bit of value. Boys, you see a relatively solid defensive team. And I do think that the under might be worth a little bit of a look in game as well. Something else that's worth a little bit of a look, this slate that we've got coming up for 7 p.m., 9 or 10 Eastern in college basketball. We'll hit that next right here on the Visa Bet Center right here on the Sports Betting Network.
3: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From
1: LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development.
2: This is Bet Center on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Get an early start on your college hoops betting with vSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th. You've got six free hours of live video streaming on VSEN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every single game. The Hoops College experts over here at VSyn, including myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, will be analyzing every single game, discussing with bookmakers, making the lines, and we're gonna do our best to be able to find you the best early value. Don't wait for the lines move. Start your bracket and round one tournament betting with Veasan's college hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on Veasan.com. As it is the Veasan Bet Center with myself, Greg Gibson. And speaking of that, for those of you guys that are paying attention to conference tournaments and everything like that, new feature that we've got on Veasan.com. I always post up my handicap lines over there, and you're able to see when these games wind up going final with regards to conference tournaments. It does typically take me a few minutes to be able to break them down, but when you do wind up having things that wind up going final, like, for instance, these games out there in the Southern Conference, we wind up getting Wofford and Chattanooga. Except for today, you're able to find my handicap of Wofford versus Chattanooga. So when the openers do wind up coming out for these games, and typically you're going to find them in the very early a.m. I know that Circa, last year they did wind up posting up a couple of openers overnight, but a lot of times with regards to these conference tournaments, like Loyal Chicago versus Drake, for instance, is a game that wound up getting formed because of what we wound up seeing today. You're going to probably be finding it posted up in the very early AM, but I'll always have my handicap up there. Like I said, sometimes it winds up taking a few minutes. Like if a game winds up going final while I'm on the air here, I'm going to need to take the commercial break in order to type it in. i end up doing a little bit more of a deep dive on it within the commercial break or two that I have available to me, but I wind up doing that for you guys as well. So we've got you guys covered on a little bit of everything college basketball. And hey, if you're looking at Things with regards to this Morad State versus Murray State game. Morad State now is the lead, 43 to 41. Got about 14 minutes left in the second half. It was a case in which Morad State was laying four and a half points in the second half for the game. Morad State, well, they're not necessarily in great shape. If you want to blame the points with Morad State because they wound up closing right around an eight-ish point favorite, you're in rocky shape right now. But with that said, 14 minutes remaining in this game. I will reiterate, we just wind up seeing some very wonky results in college basketball. I mentioned it earlier in the hour, and I'll mention it once again. There is no better instance of this than the Northeastern versus William & Mary game that we wound to see today. That is a total that it wound up closing at 131. Neither team got to 20 points in the first half, and the, t- the total lands, you guessed it, 131. So do not think that your bet is said. Do not think that your bet is just all looking good and that you have absolutely no sweat whatsoever because these games are wild. They are very crazy, so always be taking a look at that. Now, what we've also got to be taking a look at is some games that's going to be coming up within the next few minutes. We've got a, quite a few that are going to be tipping off. We are already on the USC versus UCLA game. I'm giving out that I like the points with USC, and I like that total over. How about if we wind up going with a pair of Big West games? You've got Hawaii and the Rainbow Warriors hit the road face off against CSUN, a.k.a. Cal State Northridge. This is 741, 742 on the betting board. Got the Rainbow Warriors finding themselves a six-point favorite. John's game is anywhere between 128 and and or, I should say 129 and a half and 130. And this is the spot in which I do mind up saying Hawaii is a little bit more of a sizable favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay it. I wind up saying Hawaii as a seven point favorite. This is a Rainbow Warriors team that they shoot in the mid 30s from three par inch. You do want to note Noel Coleman, he is the top scorer for Hawaii. He's most likely going to be out the fold once again for this team. He just has been missing last few games, but you've still got Junior Badeau, a guy that's able to give you 10 points, four boards per game in Hawaii they still have some rather demonstrative home and road splits when they are away from the island. But at the same time, it is not as bad as it has been in past years. So that is something that I think is very valuable to take a look at. And it looks like we wound up just getting a conclusion out there in the UFC fight for those that are taking a look at that. We wound up having that Turner fight go down. I don't know which gentleman wound up getting just completely pounded, but I think that Turner just wound up pulling off a knockout. So that was turner wound up getting knocked out so that was yeah not necessarily the world's greatest effort there He wound up getting knocked out within like 45 seconds of round number two it looks like so that was not necessarily the result that he was looking for so we've got that going on but we've also got going on hawaii versus csun and when it comes to this cal state martha team they've been under the tutelage of an interim coach and just has not been going well in general for csun Trent brown is doing all that he can for mark godfrey to Line up shock, shock, surprise, surprise, doing stuff that he wasn't supposed to. I mean, where have we heard this song in Ants before? But I mean, we see some they their team that they shoot right around 30% for 3 point range, bottom 30 and off college basketball in that regard. And though Hawaii is actually a relatively efficient offense, they rank at the top on her with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. Their team that they rank right around 306th with regards to tempo. So it's a team that they've been able to slow things down. And Hawaii, actually, a top on her team with regards to points allowed. On a per possession basis. This is a Cal State Northridge team that despite the fact that they slow it down, they're just not good on defense. Two hundred and eighty third in college basketball with regards points a lot on a per possession basis. And at home. They're actually not any better on defense than they are on the road as well. So that is not necessarily a good indicator here. I want to say my total at a 131. I do think that the Bows are going to be able to knock down a couple threes. You've got a CSUN team that they're just giving up points plenty, so I do think that this is a good spot for an over. I'm willing to take it up to a 131, and when it comes to CSUN, we'll end up making them a 7-point underdog once again with Hawaii, a team that has been darn near the same away from home as they have been at home, only about a 1.8 point per 100% Possession differential with their offense home to road, so they've actually been relatively trustworthy there. Got another game that's going to be going down at seven o'clock and we we have yet to hit on. This will be Cal Poly versus San Diego. Seven forty three, seven forty four. San Diego find themselves a one point favorite in your total. game is one forty four and. I do side with UC San Diego in this spot. Got a Cal Poly team that's coming off of a rather stunning upset. They were able to take down UC Irvine as a about a double-digit favorite. I don't think that they're going to have that same magic here. You've got yourself a UC San Diego team that is led by Tony Okach, who's been able to give you 14.9 points, 5.9 boards. Meanwhile, you've got a Cal Poly team that Almami Karama has been able to do a really solid job for the team, right around 14 points. He's able to chip in there four or five rebounds for him, but Cal Poly is a collective. They are one of the worst teams with regards to being able to generate offense at all of college basketball. Jacob Davidson, the transfer from Eastern Washington, was supposed to transform this program. Meanwhile, Cal Poly says he's been out of the fold because he wound up playing seven games before he wound up getting injured and out for the season. They're now 348th out of 358 D1 team teams, in terms of points scored on a per possession basis, it has not been good for them to say the least. San Diego is a team that they do rank at the bottom 150 with regards to their defensive efficiency. They're a team that they've been a little bit all over the place with their offense. So as a result, I did wind up saying my total at 130.5. But with this UC San Diego team, they shoot in the mid 30s from three point range. Jay Killingsworth is a wily guy that winds up coming in from Columbia. Just a little bit of a glue guy in general. 7.5 points. He gives you right around three assists, a couple of rebounds. It does a little bit of this and that Bryce Pope is able to give you 12 and a half points per contest for the CCC San Diego team as well. Cal Poly, they're looking to guys like a Trey Colvin, who's been able to do an okay job for this team. But I do think that Cal Poly with a Davidson injury ever since then. They have really been up against it. I think that they're going to have a tough time being able to generate offense. Never easy to go on the road and win, but Cal Poly not necessarily the most hostile environment in the world when you take a look at college basketball. I want to say UC San Diego is a two and a half point favorite. I'm willing to lay it. my total at a 130 and a half, so I'm taking a look at a total under as well. When it comes to conference tournament play, we're going to be hitting up on it in hour number two. The fact that we've got a couple games out here in Las Vegas. you got BYU versus San Francisco and Portland versus Santa Clara, so we'll We'll be diving into that a little bit more within the next few minutes. I know that some of you guys are going to be sweating out a lot of these games as well, and we wound up just getting rolling with Colorado versus Utah. Utah is a team that I thought had a little bit of value today. This is 737, 738 on the banking board, and they've just been getting blitzed here in the first half of this game. You wind up seeing Utah close as a two-point favorite. Toronto's game was right around half. Colorado, they've been able to come out, and they've been able to put a thumping on Utah. 26 to 10 they are currently leading if you're looking at this game live you're able to get now quite a bit of value on utah because utah they wound up closing as a little bit of favorite shock shock surprise surprise now they're finding themselves as a rather sizable underdog if you're looking at utah you're finding them i would say right in the realm of a relatively sizable underdog here i'm trying to give you guys a little bit more of a set of numbers as things are probably going to be refreshing at the break but you do have yourself a utah team that they do have Brandon Carlson who's able to do a relatively solid job down the He's a seven-footer. This may be able to give you a little bit over a block for a contest. Should be one of the better rebounders out there. Now, I will say this for the case of Colorado Jabari Walker. He's actually the son of Sabaki Walker. He's been shooting right around 37% from three and sub 30% on the road. So that is something that you want to be taking a look at the way that Colorado has been able to get out to this lead. They're shooting seven of nine from three-point range. Now, Colorado's a team that has been able to shoot right around 37-ish percent from three-point range of conference. They've been relatively solid there. They are not going to be able to keep this up, and quite a few of these shots have been relatively contested as well. So they're now up by a count of 28 to 10. But for Utah... They've just come up as close as an igloo, four of 13 from the floor. Now, the one thing that you can't count on is Utah being able to generate a lot of turnovers. Their team, that, with regards to Seals Force on a per-possession basis, one of the lesser teams out there in all of college basketball. But Colorado has come out, and they've been able to really put a thump in on Utah. 28-10, to 10, early on in the first half. Got a lot of West Coast college basketball action, and a lot of tournament action in general that's going down in college basketball. Now we're number two of the Visa Vet Center. We're going to be taking a look at this. We've got some futures as well to dive into right here on v these the sports betting network.
2: Check.
1: Check.